Hello there, and welcome to your very first taste of broadcast. Yes, yes, I can hear your wails of wonderment, your voices echoing across Ulster, crying out, what even is broadcast? Well, friends, you'll be put at ease to learn that this question and many more will be answered in the coming minutes as we present to you a homegrown, fresh out of the audio based oven podcast all about Orangism and all that goes along with it. So sit back, relax, or stand up and rapidly pace around as you find out what's to come. So, jumping straight in, lads, why have we decided to start? a podcast called Prodcast about generally proddy things. So I think the uh, podcast came about from a natural need to kind of recalibrate the narrative that's in the public sphere in, in relation to the Orange Institution. Because, you know, I certainly feel that it's probably one of the most misrepresented, maligned and caricatured organisations um, in our society. And obviously I think, you know, un- unfairly so. I suppose it's just trying to counteract some of that um, from the horse's mouth um, because we're three very basic, ordinary orange men who all lead relatively normal lives um, and it's just telling our perspective of the Orange Institution and the Orange story as we see it and saying, look, this is what the Orange Institution means to us and here's why. To an extent then, we're putting an orange voice out there, especially maybe for people who have only been exposed to one side of the story that are maybe just going off something that someone else has heard or said, who are then going off something someone else has heard or said, et cetera, et cetera. The cycle continues. So would it be fair to say then we're not just trying to break down misconceptions per se, but then go a bit deeper and understand where they even came from in the first place? Yeah, I think probably at this stage we're dealing with misconceptions built upon misconceptions. Um, and you know we will discuss how that has came about. It's because it's came about because of a, a complex knot of reasons. Um, and it, I think we do probably have to share some responsibility, uh, for that in terms of perhaps not projecting our message as well as we could have. And I suppose broadcast uh, is about trying to counteract some of that. And look, you know, as as with all things, if you want the most reliable account, go to the source. And I think that's um, what what broadcast is all about, getting an authentic, real and tangible perspective on the Orange Institution that has been missing from the discourse for a very long time. I suppose we're, we really should note as well, you know, we're, we're not sitting here trying to make out that the Orange Institution is a, a perfect institution. You know, we're happy to maybe look at some of the, the negative aspects, but at the same time, you know, we, we recognise that... There are issues that that aren't to be discussed, you know, on on an open forum such as this, you know, um, but but it would be useful nonetheless to to discuss maybe some of the the less serious issues as well and, and look at it from a few different angles. Yeah, I mean, I suppose at the end of the day, you're right. Like we're we're not here to be a mouthpiece for the Orange Order. Our views aren't official, air quotes, or even necessarily really widely held. Um, rather, it's more like we want to explore what makes up Orangism and what it even is and how do all these different arms from Protestantism and Unionism feed into this one sort of cultural identity. Wow, what a sensationally seamless transition. Anyway, uh, a big news piece within last year's 12th was the lack of live TV coverage and it brought this, this sort of idea that's more and more widely held in the Orange community 
that the Protestant voice is being undermined. So do you think on that, the media offering for Orangeism is being reduced or maybe it's fine, but we've just underutilized it or maybe we've just failed to take advantage with what's there and it's being taken away as a result? I think probably it's a combination of all those things in that there's attempt within the mainstream to pigeonhole Orangeism into general camps. Um, you know, because Northern Ireland is such a divided society, um, that we're very quick to jump to generalisations, particularly when it's in relation to cultural identity. And I think that the Orange has fell victim to that, whereby, I have to say that this has bled into the media as well, whereby people have sought to make, in my mind, lazy generalisations about what the Orange institution is. And as far as I can see, it largely falls into two camps. Firstly, there's those who present the Orange as a malignant force, uh, whereby it's something that um, is a threat to society because of what it represents. Uh, And then there's those who present the Orange institution as something more benign in that uh, it doesn't really serve any purpose. You know, it's about orange men from an older generation meeting up to discuss the price of the bus for the 12th of July or, you know, what film they want in their sandwiches and really, I suppose, presented as something that's more uh, irrelevant than, than malignant. But, you know, obviously that's not what it means to us. And the Orange Institution is an organisation of incredible depth. You know, it covers over two centuries of history and it really tells the story of a people. As a result, it's a really detailed and intricate patchwork, if you like. Uh, And it's about really exploring that and looking at some of the really important themes there and discussing why they're still relevant in the 21st century. I think as as well, you know, whenever we talk about the the undermining of of the voice of the Orange Order, you know, very often if if you listen to some of the the talk shows, maybe on the radio, you, you will get someone coming on an Orange man, not officially sanctioned to to represent the Orange Order, but but very often they're coming on with maybe a, a very personal viewpoint, a personal agenda, um, and you know they're they're answering questions that are put to them from a very one sided point of view, maybe, and not necessarily the the view of the the wider orange order and i suppose what we are being careful that you know obviously what we're not representing the grand lodge or anything like that but we are trying to be balanced but um i suppose trying to give maybe a fairer representation of the orange order as well i think what broadcast is about is offering serious discussion and some serious perspectives about orangeism it's not about um buzzwords it's not about generalizations. It's about getting down into the detail and really trying to rediscover this massive patchwork that is Orangeism and what it means today. I suppose then there is something probably to be said about the fact that a lot of people only see the 12th. That's the only exposure to it all that they ever have. So they just see it as a one day year brigade and, and that's all they can see. And you know, maybe, maybe there's some fault there about why isn't our message getting out that bit more. I think because the Orange Institution probably historically has been poor uh, at, at representing itself and maybe has been quite insular, I think it has been therefore easy for outsiders, quote unquote, to fall into the trap of seeing, you know, orange men in bowler hats. They're kind of almost faceless and, and then it is very easy, to, you know, to kind of hang these stereotypes on them so I suppose not not to be too cringeworthy about it but I suppose it's putting a face to orangeism oh, even though it is pod, a podcast uh, but it's about adding the real life stories and the lived experiences I think that's where the value is on it I suppose then that's where our podcast comes in 
showing people that maybe there's a wee bit more to it, at least a tiny little bit more than maybe they originally thought to Orangism and the Orange Order than uh, just the oil parades. Like, Yeah, I think it's about trying to get people maybe to think about the Orange at a deeper level um, and really probably to challenge those deeply embedded misconceptions uh, and hopefully for those from outside what is perceived to be the Orange tradition to say, look, the Orange institution actually is more than just parades or banners or bands. Um, it offers more, it um, is indicative of more, it tells a bigger story. Um, but also on the flip side of that, I think what hopefully um, the podcast can also do is challenge ourselves as Orange men to say, look, what is the capacity of the Orange institution? You know, how can the Orange institution serve our community and serve our society better. So I think this idea of looking at the Orange Institution under the the um, microscope in terms of what does it actually represent, I think that kind of goes both ways in terms of we're encouraging outsiders, for want of a better term again, to look more deeply at the institution and to see it more as what it's misrepresented as but also to our own members to think on a deeper level about what the Orange Institution is and most importantly, what it can be going forward. Certainly, um, we would hope that through the discussions that we're having, you know, we we can all personally sort of look at our own views. And I know myself, I I maybe have had a bit more of a a critical view of the Orange Order in the past. Um, And I suppose, you know, through sitting and, and chatting through some of these issues, it has certainly opened my mind up a bit, you know, to, to looking at things from a different viewpoint. Um, you know, and I suppose while I sort of ag- agree with the institution as a whole, you know, th- there were certainly issues that I would have and, and through the course of the next uh, few episodes, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to address some of those issues. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a discussion, as, as we said, it's, it's not, it's not Grand Lodge coming out with official statements. It's, it, it is just our, our opinions and, uh, Give, given voice to our opinions and and hopefully it'll it'll encourage others um to do so as well you know whether that's people who are already within the institution or or those on the outside maybe to have a chance just to um you know consider their their views and, and maybe taking on a, a different viewpoint as well so yeah naturally in that ilk of flexibility and change naturally we get to the idea that at the end of the day orangeism is centuries old it was founded in a world that would be nearly unrecognizable today so what does the orange need to do to stay relevant as a matter of changing to adapt or just repackaging founding principles for today's audience personally i think that's a bit of a, a catch-22 you know because with without those principles what what is the orange institution you know it's it's founded on those principles it's, it's built on them and, and you know for for me that's what makes the orange institution what it is um in in terms of of how you sort of update that or, or repackage it for the the twenty first century, that that's something I I would really struggle with because I think you you can maybe tweak things, but you know fundamentally you want to keep those principles. Yeah, I, I would certainly agree with what you said there. Um, you know I think that we do have to accept that society has changed, perhaps at a speed faster than ever before. Uh, and I think the Orange Institution has to firstly acknowledge that uh, and then secondly respond to that. But in terms of the question of repackaging principles, I think you're absolutely right. 
you know, it's the principles that anchor the Orange Institution, um, and it's that continuity which has been its strength over the years, uh, and I believe will continue to be its strength. But I think the secret is potentially repackaging the message in a way that is both accessible and easily understood. And I think that is the secret going forward. You know, articulating the message in a way that's understood by the people in the day and age in which we live. And I hope that the podcast can play some part in that. So then just to round everything out with a nice little bow on top, what can the listeners expect from podcast? So I think uh, at a top level, what we'll be trying to do is kind of explore that patchwork that we've talked about and really, you know, pull out the kind of intricacies of Orangeism and the kind of all the different conglomerate of issues that it represents. Uh, and, you know, obviously we'll take different perspectives and look at it from different angles, but that really will be the thrust of what we'll be trying to achieve, I suppose, at that, at that top level. Yeah, ho- hopefully we can have some sort of informal discussion, um, maybe a, a bit more lively debate at times, and it would be great to have some interaction as well from from the listeners, potentially answer questions um, and take on viewpoints that, that are outside of our own. Yeah, so I think, you know, what we'll be trying to do is really give that as, as much of a real life flavour of Orangeism as is possible. And obviously, you know, this is only the beginning, hopefully, of kind of a rethink of Orangeism. Uh, and, you know, we'll be certainly encouraging people to, to go further in their exploration. So hopefully, you know, it, it simply acts as a means for people to whet their appetite and they get more involved uh, in one way or another. Well, folks, we hope you've enjoyed your little nibble of broadcast. Our first full length episode exploring why we're orange men is out right now. For your listening pleasure on Spotify, YouTube and wherever else you get your podcasts from. Feel free to tweet us at podcast underscore pod on the old Twitter and check the description for all the rest of our socials and tell us what you think, tell us what you want and have a good one. Podcast is an independently produced podcast and is not associated with or endorsed by the Grand Orange Lodge of Ireland anyway. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are only of those who appear on the podcast.